0: If we could turn these lights down a little bit, they're really bright. I'm going blind. All right. Are you all ready for tonight? Yes. Are you sure you're ready for tonight? All right. We're on, um, we're on week, week four of a series that's dealing with purity and love. Yeah. Right? Week one, we dealt with the juicy top, topic of self-worth. Right? Your self-worth is, is not found in things in this world. Your self-worth is found in, in, in God and in, in what God thinks of you, not what the world says you are. If you, you go by what the world says you are, looks will fade, abilities will fade, everything good that you have will fade. But God says, I created you with a purpose and a plan, and that will not fade. So, that's, so And if we are, our self-worth is in the right place, if we understand who we are in, in Christ, it helps us not go down a dark road of relationships, uh, because we're trying to get full f- fulfillment in that. Right. Yeah. We're for y'all here, here for that. Yes. The next week we talked about, um, uh, sort of who today and, and what to look for when you are today or to marry. And, and, uh, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, very important that you date a believer in, in Jesus Christ. Do not be unequally e- e- yoked. Right. Um, very important. And then don't, don't settle. Don't be like, well, I just can't find someone, so I'm just going to have to take who I can get. Is there f- feedback? Can we turn me down just a little bit? I think I'm, it's just too hot. Uh, the third week, this past week, we talked about self-control, right? We, we're, we're called to be people with self-control. That's what we talked the third week. This week, we're about to jump into it, and we're going to be in the book of Second Samuel chapter 11. So that's where. The way, so you can go ahead and turn there at, at this point. As you turn there, I need to um, clarify. Let me remind you, when we're talking about um, being pure and who, who God calls us to be, it's like being at the beach, and you go out into the surf, and you're supposed to stay in front of your mom and dad's beach chairs. But if you don't pay a t- a t- a t- attention to where you're at, you'll find that you will drift away from where you're s- supposed to be. You won't swim. You won't try to go there, but the current will... T- Take, t- take you where you do not want to go. The same thing is with purity in your life. If you're not proactive in trying to live for Christ, you're just going to drift. And lo and behold, you're going to find yourself in a place you're like, I don't even know how I ever got here. It's because you weren't fighting for your faith to stay pure because this world is going to drag you in places that you don't want to go. I um, want to clear, clarify some, something that is very Important for everyone to understand: um, if you have been sinned against sexually, sexually abused, sexually assaulted, raped, anything along those lines, I want you to know that has nothing to do with with sexual immorality on your part. That means you're a victim of awful and. Men's, man's, or women's sinful condition. Because sometimes we think, man, you come to this, you're like, man, I don't think I can be pure. You don't know what's occurred in my life. Sexual immorality is done when we choose to jump into to 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 se- sexual sin. It's not when it's 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 been forced upon us. So don't don't twist it, don't taint it. Understand what it is. You're a victim. It has nothing to do with your purity before God. And if you're dealing with that issue in your own life and you've not gotten to talk to someone about it, p- pastors here on staff are here. My wife is here. If you need to talk, we would love to talk to you. <clears throat> um, okay, sort of a heavy subject right there, right? Let's jump into our text now. One thing I love about the Bible is that Our our heroes of the faith, man, they are messed up, right? I mean, Peter had a temper, got mad at all sorts of things, even even pretended to to not know Christ. In a crucial moment when you're saying, Peter, you should have gotten this right, he denied even knowing him three times. You know, Rahab was a prostitute, but she was used in a mighty way by God. Um... And we're going to look tonight at two biblical stories dealing with sexual immorality. One is an example not to follow, one is an example to follow. Okay? Yes? You good? So we're going to be in Second Samuel chapter 11. We're just going to read the text is like verses 1 through 17. We're only going to read verses 1 through 5. I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me in honor of God's word night. We'd stand when we read our first text each week just to remind us this is the word of God that we have. And um, it's not man's, man's words that will change us. It's the word of God. And, and how, how do we know how to live? It's through, through the word of God, not through man's words. So... Beginning in verse 1 of chapter 11 of 2 Samuel, it reads this. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. It it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman. And and one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of uh, Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house and verse 5, and the woman conceived, and she sent back and told David, I am pregnant. Let's pray together. Ooh, what a text. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. And as we work through some of these texts tonight, Lord, help us to understand uh, the truth that is in there. And Lord, um, help us to be uh, men and women of God who choose you, who uh, uh, honor you, who live for you, who fight for you, no matter what the cost is. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a seat. The rest of the story in a nutshell. She's pregnant. David freaks out. He brings Uriah the the Hittite, her husband, home in hopes that he will lay with her. And then th- he will just think that, that the child that is going to be born is his. But U- U- Uriah's husband faithful to the men that are on the battlefield and he is he has come back and so he refuses to even go in his house because he wants to honor the men because none of the rest of the men have gotten to come home and to be with their wives so he's he he lays outside the door to the house david tries to convince him you know this is time be with your wife he does not so david gets mad he sends him back on the battlefield and this is what he does King David. David, you hear great stories. The same David that, that that killed the giant when no one else would face it. This is the, the, the same guy. He sends him back to the battlefield and he t- t- sends him to the front lines. And he says, hey, when the fighting gets thick, I want everybody around this guy to draw back and leave him out in the, the open. And they do just that and he's killed. So in essentially, David has this guy killed because he's trying to cover up the sin of sexual immor- immorality in his life. Um, that's a big deal, right? That story is like, whoa, David? King David? Now, we're going to talk a lot more about this and sort of ha- how all, 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 all this works, but the, you know, the problem of the story doesn't start when David sees her or asks her to come to his house. It doesn't start when he sees her for the first time. You know when it starts? Look in verse 1 again. Because this is a truth that we can apply to our lives. It says this, In the spring of the year, the time when kings, kings go to battle, David was a king, David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites, besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. <clears throat> the first thing that we, we see here, that David was not where he was supposed to be, and he was not doing what he was supposed to, to be doing. See, this is when the kings are off at battle. When the kings are at battle, they are with their men. They are at the front lines. They're not sitting back at the, the palace. He, he, he was, if he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, this sin would have never occurred at that time because he wouldn't have been there to occur. it, He was choosing to be at the wrong place, choosing to be there at the wrong time. This is the the cycle of sin. I don't know if you've ever experienced in your life, but I believe everybody in this room has, is this. You see it, you want it, you take it, right? You see it, think about it, you want it, and then you take it. That's a cycle of sin in our life. James puts it like this in James 1, verse 14 and 15. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires, his own wants. Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin, the action. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death, right? For all sin falling short of the glory of God. And the, the wages of sin is what? Death, right? Romans six twenty three. So it brings death. So this is my first point. We've got three points and two half points, okay? It's just the way it works out. First full point is this. If you set yourself up to fail, you will fail. No, you're like, holy cow. That's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. If you've set yourself up to fail, you will fail every time. I don't know about you, uh, we've got a lot of students in here, uh, 10th graders, 11th, 12th, that have begun, they're taking the SAT, the ACT, they're trying to get a certain score so they can get scholarships. If I ask any of you, hey, <clears throat> your goal is to fail or get the lowest score you can on the SAT or the ACT, could you do it? Would you have to try hard? Would you have to prepare for it? No, no, you could just Christmas tree that thing all day long and, and bomb it. It's easy to fail. It's easy, it's, 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 it's harder to do well. And sexual immorality works like this. If you set yourself up to fail, you will fail. You, you won't believe the conversations I've had with students. Pastor Dan, I don't know what, what, what went wrong. Her, her parents weren't home, we were at their house uh, we were alone. It was late at night, and things went wrong. Oh, really? You smoking crack to figure that out? I mean, do you, do you understand? You, we set ourselves up to fail. Because why? Because we're, we're we're lured by what our own desires. It's there. You've got to fight against it. You're drifting. <laughs> You're drifting. If you're, not setting yourself, if you're not setting yourself up not to fail, you're setting yourself up to fail. You're doing one or the other. You, some will go, well, it's just not that clear, clear cut, but it is. Point 1.5 is this. Anyone can fail. Anyone can fail. D- 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 David, a shepherd boy who by faith in God killed a giant that was huge that everybody else was terrified of. He was the one that, in I think 1 first, first Samuel 7, it says this man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. This David, this this heart. 1 um, uh, Samuel 13, he's described by Samuel, the prophet of God, as a man after God's own heart. He's anointed by God to be the king, ruler of Israel, David. All this has occurred before of the, this falling into the sin. All this has occurred, great man does great things, any cr- cr- crashes. And I, I want you to always keep this in mind. Anyone can fail. And don't ever think, man, I won't ever fail. No way. If you're not setting yourself up not to fail, you're setting yourself up to fail. Um, back uh, at my last church, it wasn't at this church, I had a high school diet director that worked with me. And at the time, we were um, dealing with a man in our church that had, was had having an affair on his wife. And we went to meet him for lunch to talk to him because he was leaving his house and he wasn't going to come back. They had two small kids and he was just running the wrong way in a lot of wrong ways. And so as I'm sitting in the car with the high school guy who I respected a lot, we're having this conversation and he says this to me. He says, I don't understand how a man could do this to his wife and his kids. And... Tears were in his eyes because we had already had the lunch, we had had the talk, and it hadn't gone well, and the guy had just gone his way, and the guy just ended up just j- just going what he wanted to do. And tears were in this guy, so I was like, dude, I don't get it. I don't get it. Can I, t- can I tell you six months passed, and that guy in the car that I was with who said, I-, I can't see how a man could do this to his wife and kids, did it to his wife and kids. And at that point, I learned something. Dude, we can all get stupid really quick. Did he just call me stupid? No, I said we all can get stupid really quick. You've got to always be careful. You've got to always protect yourself. Because uh, anyone can fail. Now, that's, that's David. We're going to jump back to him in a few, few minutes. Before we do, I'm going to turn to G- Genesis chapter 39. I know we're hitting some sort of big text right here. Sort of, we're just looking at, at some examples in the Bible of what not to follow and what to, to follow. In G- Genesis chapter 39, there's a man named Joseph. That's a Hebrew slave in e- e- Egypt. But he honored God, and God's favor was on him everywhere he went. Wherever he served as a slave... God's favor was on that household, and, and things would always go well. And so, so the head of this one household named Potiphar, who was the cap, captain of the pharaoh's guard, very important dude, had him in his household. And David rose in ranks in a very short time to be the overseer of the household. That means when Potiphar was gone, David was in charge to look look at, at, after the crops. The kids, everything that was run, he was in charge of it. That's where we get in our text in chapter 39, beginning in verse 6. The end of verse 6, it says this. Now, Joseph was he, he, handsome in form and appearance. I know y'all think, man, that sounds like Pat, 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 Pastor Dan, right? Right? I can't, I can't even say my name right here. Dear, dear Lord. So, he was handsome in form and appearance. Verse seven, let's keep, keep reading. And after a time, his, his mat, mat, master's wife cast her eyes on jo- Joseph and said, lie with me. Guys, if you ever hear these words, run. Girls, you ever hear these words, run. Do You understand? Not good words. And as she spoke to Joseph, day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her or to be with her. So this is just a one-time thing. This is day after day. Now you're saying, well, why doesn't he just sort of leave, leave this? Well, he's a slave. He's, he's enslaved to the household, so he can't just like go, go to a new house. I'm getting a new job. He can't quit his job. It's not that easy. Verse 11, but one day when he went to the house to do his work, And none of the men of the house were there in the house. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. Run, people, when you hear that phrase. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, see, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice. In this text, we see one thing that occurs. David is getting framed for something he didn't do. Point two, I want you to know is this. You can do everything right, and temptation will still come. Okay? You can be fighting, I'm not going to drift, I'm going to stay in front of where God has called me to come. And you can be right where God has called you to be the whole time, but temptations are still going to come. Understand that. So a question I have is, what do you do when you get into a situation like that? And you've heard us talk. We do this this series for three weeks or four weeks or five, five weeks. We do it every few years, and this is why. Because if you don't make a plan about it now, when the time comes where you've got to make a choice, the odds are you're going to make the wrong choice if you've not already made the choice before the time comes. If you've not set yourself up, this is who I'm going to be and this is how I'm going to get out of this. This is what I'm... If, if you've not planned that out, you are going to wreck when it comes. Uh, what do you, do, do, I don't know if they still do this in, in school, in first grade, second uh, grade, third grade, where fire, 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 Fireman Jack will come to the school, right? And he's in front of the classroom and says, hey, b- b- boys and girls. Now... This is what, if you ever catch on fire, this is what you do. You what? Stop, drop, and don't forget. Now, that's important for y'all to know. Some of you are like, we do what? I thought we run around and flail. Yeah, yeah. Some people do that. Uh, And and don't look it up on YouTube or anything because it's horrible what you see. Because people are just running around, burning up. Um, If you catch on fire, you stop. Why do you stop? So it, it, it doesn't spread and you can figure out what you're doing. You stop, you drop. I'm not going to do it and roll, okay? <laughs> I'm just too old. Okay, so, and I'll go up the stairs and you'll laugh at me and make fun of me for years. Um, you stop, drop, and roll, okay? When temptation comes your way, this is what I want you to do, stop. And when I, when I say stop for that... It means stop and think about what the Word of God says, what you're supposed to do and be. What you've learned, what you've studied, the verses you've hidden in your heart that you understand are true. If you believe the Word of God is true, it should affect every part of your life. Every part of your life. Stop. You've got to think. Drop whatever is going on, whatever's there, and roll. Run away as quick as you can. Okay? You've got to think first. If you don't think first, you're going to wreck. Stop. Drop it. Everything. And roll, run away. Does that make sense? Simple truth. You're like, okay. I'd like to see a guy on fire though, just so I can see him running around. So you can do everything right, um, and still temptation can come. Point two point five is this. Okay, there's a half a point to this one as well. Is this doing the right thing doesn't always work out the way you 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 you, you, you would hope. Right, Just because of you, man, I've honored God. I've chosen God, and I'm going to follow him. Look at what occurs in this story in verse 19. We're going to skip some verses. I encourage you to read that on your own. But verse 19, the master comes home and says, As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant tri- treated me. His anger was kent, 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 kent. Kindled and jo- Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. Now, if you read this, you go, Wait, wait, wait. But Joseph did the right thing. Like she came to him day after day after day, and he said, No, nah, no. And then he finally said, Man, I can't do that. Not that it's a sin against just the man in charge of his household, but it's a sin against God and I, I, I'm i not going to have a part of it. And when he runs away, she frames him for it and he goes to jail for it. Amen. Follow God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because that's what we're called to do. And, and we, we think, man, that's not fair. Has anyone ever heard of the Billy Graham rule? Billy Graham rule. A few of you might have heard this rule. Billy Graham had a rule that... Uh, and if you don't know, hopefully you know who Billy Graham was, an uh, evangelist for the Lord, very strong in his faith. And he was one of the rare few that seemed to get it right. I mean, he was still a man, and I'm sure he sinned, had sinned. We, we all sin, fall short, but he, he stayed clean from a lot of issues that a lot of men in power find themselves in because they choose it. But he, he fought to, to honor Christ. Adam, you got to... That is part of it. Yep, the Billy Graham rule was not only would he not be in a room alone with a woman, he wouldn't go to dinner alone with a woman or in a car alone with a, a woman. So he would cover all the, the, the bases. Why? Because perception can kill you. What someone says that you did and you have no one else to back you up you may have done everything right, but the perception could 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 get you. Now, we this actually came up into the news probably two years ago or three years ago. It might have been even a, a little more than that. There's a man, I don't know if you heard him, named Mike Pence. And, um, and Mike Pence uh, had practiced the Bill, Billy Graham rule in his own life. And the media found out about this, and they bashed him. They called him a pervert, no self-control. He hates women. How could he do this? And he's just trying to go, I'm just you know trying to be above reproach from what it seemed. I don't know him, so I can't tell you everything of what he was, 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 was thinking. But within a month of when the, the media bashed him, the hashtag me too came out, which all these women in ho- 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 Hollywood began to claim that men of power had abused them and had used their power to assault them. And it just, it, do y'all remember that at all? Or is it, and it was within a month of when they bashed this one guy who was fighting to not have that perception. It just makes no sense. You can do everything right and things can go wrong. But can I implore you, choose to honor God, even if you are mocked about it. In high school, you could be made fun about it. Man, honor God. You're thinking, but who, who sees it when I make a stand like that? What if I'm all alone? No one really sees it. God sees it. It honors him. It gives him, it's what we, we worship in here with song, but how much more worship is it when we make a stand that costs us, that the world mocks us about, but we still make that stand because God's word says to do it. That's worship. You know, we can sing these songs and that's part of it, but man, you know what's beautiful that is. When we choose to honor God and it's gonna cost us because the world thinks you're a joke. Now, some in this room may think to yourself, um, Pastor Dan, I, 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 believe, I believe it's God's plan for purity. I believe uh, sexual immor- immorality is wrong, but what if I've already messed up? And understand sexual immorality is more than just sex outside of, of marriage, right? The, the word porn com- comes from that word. In the Greek, it's, it's dealing with anything that's sexually immoral in those areas. And and you say, "Well, what what if what if I've already messed up? Is there any hope for me?" And the great news is this: there was hope for for David, and there's hope for you. David writes some of the Psalms, and one of them is Psalm 51. And uh, you can turn there. I think I've got it on the screen, but just he he writes this Psalm after being confronted over his. A sinful relationship. And he's, he's, he's been, been sorry, been broken over that relationship. And this is what he says in verse 1 of chapter 51 of Psalms. He says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mer- mercy. Blot out my transgressions. That means please just wipe out my sins. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Look here in verse 7. He says this, purge me with his, 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 hyssop, which is a, med- a medical sort of herb that was used uh, in the day that was supposed to help make you clean, sterile. He said, purge me with up, and I shall be clean wash me and I shall be whiter than snow just the crud I've gotten into can I tell you God is able so much more able to not only forgive us but redeem us verse 8 let me hear joy and gladness let the bones that you have Broken, rejoice, verse 9. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. And he says this in verse 10: Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. God, God restore me. Make things right. And point three is this, and it's this simple, God restores the broken. If, if you're like, man, I've, I've been there, I've messed up, what to do? Have you been broken before God about your sin? God, I'm sorry, truly. And no, no, repentance doesn't mean just saying, I'm sorry for that. Repentance is this, that you, you turn away from your sin. That sin that you're in, you turn away from it, you're sorry for it, you turn away from it, you turn to God, and you're running away from that sin because you know it's wrong. And if you're a believer in Christ, the conviction of the Spirit is working on you probably the whole time. And that guilt that you feel, man, confess it, bring it to God, turn away from it, repent from it. Now, you've, you've, you've heard me say this a few times, and some of you I know in this room, I believe, think this. And you're like, Pastor Dan, you just don't, you don't know what, I, what I've done. Pastor Dan, you, you don't know what I've done. Man, God, I don't know if God can forgive me for this. And the beautiful thing about God is that I don't care about what you've done. It's all based on what he's done. God is big enough, no matter what you've done, to forgive you, to redeem you. If you will turn to him, if you will trust him. You know, the, the gospel, you know, we, we talked about, I love the word of God. And it started here because it's full of, of, of broken pe- people, right? I relate to broken people. People, I feel like them often and through my life when I look back, I, I'm like, man, this, this the, the doubt or the fear or the struggle or the falling, I, I, I understand it. But the beautiful thing is that there's one man that didn't fall. You know, there's, there's one that, that, that though temptation was before him, he chose to honor God throughout it all, and his name is Je- Jesus. And that's just the gospel, that's the good news right that we all fall sin, we we all sin we fall, fall short we cannot fix the sin on our own and our sin separates us from god and so god knew that that through our good works through i don't know if you've tried i've tried in my life man just to be good enough i could never be good enough god knew that we couldn't be good enough and so he sent his son jesus christ to live a life a perfect life where he would not sin that he would honor god with his life and at the end of, of his days, Jesus was nailed on a cross. And, and um, it says in the word of God that for, for he who knew no sin, meaning Jesus, became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. That, that he on the cross paid the, the debt, our sin debt, because he could pay it. Because he didn't have to pay for his own. That's what makes it. The cross didn't kill him. The sin that was placed on him is what? killed him. And at that point the, the father and son were separated for the first time. That, that 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 phrase, um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That he says when he's on the cross, why does he say that? Because he's separated from the Father. Why? Because the, the Son has now has become sinful and grotesque. And he took on the payment for sin. That's the good news is this, that he died for our sins. You say that's good good news, yeah. Yeah, because without that we would have no hope. We could not get to God. We could not, we could not be in the right relationship with Him. But He didn't. It doesn't end there. He rose again on the third day, overcoming death in the grave. Man, that's the gospel. And if you don't know the gospel, if you, no one's ever talked to you about it, I would love to talk to you more about it. And all you got to say is this to me: Hey, could, can we talk a little bit about the? Gospel or that Jesus thing you were talking about, you don't have to even get it all right. Just if man, if you've never put your faith in Him, and this is what man, I understand that I'm a sinner and my sin separates me from God, and I cannot get to God on my own. And and so I put my my, my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe He is the Son of God. That He lived a life without sin. He died on a cross for my sins. So I put my faith in Him, and. I don't have to, I, don't, I don't, don't try to live good because that's going to get me saved. I live good because I am saved and I want to honor God with my life. So, man, if you don't know him, man, I'd love to talk to you about it. There's other adults in this room that would love to talk to you about it. There's friends in this room. I, I, I ask you, if you're not sure, talk to someone tonight about it. But let's take these examples in the word of God. David, what, what not to do? what not to do. Don't set yourself up in a situation where you're going to fall because if you if if you plan to fail, you're going to fail every time. Let's be like jo- Joseph. And even when it sometimes costs us to do the right thing, let's choose to do the right thing because it honors God. Let's pray and we're going to be dismissed tonight. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. Just a chance to talk about some things that are important to you. God, I just ask this. God, I don't know, uh, and only you know who in this room is serious about their faith in you, but God, I I just ask that you'll raise up um, students and adults in this place uh, that are serious, that are fighting to live for you, that um, uh, will understand what your word says, so that when temptation comes, that stop, drop, and roll, and getting away from it will uh, will be something that that we will do in an instant, Lord, that we will flee and get away from things that don't give you honor. Lord, give us courage to follow you even when no one else does. God, thank you for every student and adult that's in this room. God, I ask that you bless them this week uh, and you just draw each one closer to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.